You may be seated. Praise God. Glory to God. So good to have Brenda in the house, I'm telling you. She's such an encouragement to me throughout the years, and uh, so good having her here on Wednesday night, and we just had such a move of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is. Uh, I got a word in my heart today. I want to be able to deliver it to you. How many of you are open in your heart? Amen. So, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for the word of the Lord. Thank you for speaking to us by your spirit and through the word. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Going to begin a, a, a new series this morning, and I'm going to call it Always Praying or Praying Always. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, in the 18th verse, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, one translation says, Praying with all prayer. Another says, Praying with all manner of prayer. And still another says, praying with all kinds of prayer. Amen. So we know that there's different types of prayer, but I want to talk about prayer in the general sense today. I think it's very important that you and I rise up in this day and this hour and pray powerful prayers. You know, you and I have been given the incredible and powerful privilege to connect with Almighty God through prayer. And you know, God has a covenant if you will, a reciprocal response, if you call, guess what? He will answer. If you'll call upon Him, He will answer. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, He says this, Call to Me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things, oh, hallelujah, which you do not know. The Amplified says, fenced in and hidden things which you don't know, distinguish, or recognize. Now, I believe this, that as we pray, He will answer, but He will also show us what we need to know. Does anybody need to know some things coming up in the near future? Well, I said it before, I'll say it again. Prayers get previews. So if you are a prayer, you can expect to get previews. What do you mean previews? Things to come. He will show you things to come because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Here's what I think what happens sometimes is all of us just overcomplicate prayer. You know, we, we overcomplicate it. We just think it's for the super saints. And then we get kind of like, well, I don't pray like Pastor Tom does, or I don't pray like Charles does, and man, I, I just don't add up. That's a lie of the devil. You are unique and wonderfully made, and you have a relationship with your Father just like all of us do. So don't overcomplicate prayer. Don't make it complex. See, complexity in prayer leads to prayerlessness of prayer. And prayer is simply, it's talking to God. It's just talking to God. You and I can connect with Him in fellowship and in relationship. In 1 John chapter 3, it says that our fellowship with the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ happens to be a distinguishing mark of a believer. You see, what distinguishes you from the world is you got a relationship and a fellowship with your good, good Father. 
Oh, amen. And so it ought to be in our lives that we live in an atmosphere of prayer and that prayer affects our life to such a degree that people around us can tell. Amen. There's something different about that person. Amen. So understand this. It is an awesome, awesome privilege to address him as father. In Romans 8 and verse 15, in the New Living Translation, it says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, but you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we can call him what? We can call him Abba Father or Daddy Daddy. The message says the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting with a child like, what's next, Papa? So we need then to see him as approachable. This is a big statement. Listen very carefully. Our view of God affects our approach to God. Let's say it again. Our view of God affects our approach to God. You see, if I see him as someone that's unapproachable, someone that's angry, and someone that's distant, my approach to him is not in context with who he is and with his character. And if that's the case in our lives, it can affect our relationship with him. I mean, why would you want to come to someone who's upset and uptight all the time with you? He's not distant. I just love being a granddad. The thing I love about being a granddad, we've got three little girls. We've got Lucy and Livy and, and little Eden down there in Branson. But you know the thing about those girls? There's absolutely no wall of separation between Papa. I mean, they'll just come and run and jump up in my lap and look at me with those little baby blues or baby browns and say, Papa, I love you. And I say, what do you want? And Olivia, the oldest, would say, I want cookie. Well, how much more can we run to him? as children of the Most High God and run to Him and His open arms just take us up and hold us. So what do you want, son? What do you want, daughter? I just came to tell you, Papa, that I love you so much. What is it you need? Hallelujah. You see, this is the kind of view we need to have of our Father. Many of us didn't grow up like that. I didn't have that kind of fellowship and relationship with my dad. I mean, I love my dad. My dad loved me. But I mean, men, men shook hands, you know. But when I was a teenager, my relationship with my father was, it's Friday night. Hey, dad, $20, please. Keys to the Fury 3 Plymouth. Thank you. Bye. Next Friday, come along if I wasn't grounded. <laughs> Dad, $20, please. Keys to the car. Bye. That's not how it should be with us. We should not just go to him when we have a need. 
No, we can ask Him for things when we have a need. Oh, but our, our, our fellowship with Him is so, so important. Not mechanical. You see, your view of God will come out as a result of your view who you are in Him. You will see yourself in a clear way when you see yourself through the lens of His Word. When you see yourself the way that He sees you. And one of the greatest scriptures that changed my life, I mean forever, and is still changing my life today, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Notice this with me. It says, For He, God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us. That was all of us. That we might be what? We might be made the righteousness of God in Him. What does that mean, Pastor Mark? That means because of the blood of Jesus, you are now made right in His sight. Because of the blood of Jesus, you do not have to draw back in fear, but you can draw near in faith with a full assurance when confidence that you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. See, that's what the Bible says. It says in James 4, 8 that we are to draw near, and I want to say it this way, without fear. And He will draw near to you and to me. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are my Father. And so I come this morning with no, with no guilt, with no condemnation, with no inferiority. My past is gone. I am now the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. And so I come to you today. And let's just worship him for a moment. Glory to God. We do worship you. We do worship you. We do worship you. He is not unapproachable. He is very approachable. You know, you can start your morning out, for example, by just saying, My Father. I just come before you in the name of Jesus. My Father, I just want you to know that I love you. And today, in your very presence, I'm putting you first place. Before I leave this house, before I go on to go to my job, I'm going to spend some time in your presence. My Father, I worship you. And I hallow your name. What does that mean to hallow your name? It means to set apart and to sanctify and to think about and to dwell on and to magnify His glorious name. Now, if we had until 5 o'clock this afternoon, we literally could recite the names of God. One name of God is He is Almighty God. Another name for God is He is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. He is El Elyon, the Most High God. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your God that heals you. And so you can come into His presence and you can just worship Him for who He is and for what He's done. Just lift up your hands and let's do it for a moment. And let's declare this today. My Father, I hallow Your name. You are my provider. You are my abundant compensation. You are my shield. And you are my great reward. My Father, I praise you. For you are a friend. 
that sticks closer than a brother. I praise you, my Father, for you give me great peace to face this day and to face this week. I thank you for great peace in my life. In Jesus' name, everyone shout amen. Now look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Another great, great prayer verse. He says, let us therefore come... Notice it doesn't say weekly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace. What for? That we may obtain... Anybody ever needed mercy? Well, if you miss it and you need mercy, don't run from Him, run to Him. That we may obtain mercy and find what else? Find grace to help in a time of need. Grace excels in our lives when we need it the most. Hallelujah. And so we can approach Him in prayer. We have access to Him in prayer. You see, typically, most people don't pray about anything. But instead, they worry about everything. Get rid of the worry and get into the presence. Get rid of the worry and go into the throne of grace. Get rid of the worry and get into thanksgiving. And thanksgiving will cause you to make it through whatever you're facing. Here's what the Bible says. Just look at me. It says, be careful for nothing. Nothing means nothing. He doesn't want us to carry part of our cares. He wants us to cast all of our cares on Him. So be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, do what? Let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, get rid of the worry, give it to Him, and then pray. And here's what happens. He said, as a result of acting on my word, that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it's going to go into motion into your life and it's going to keep your heart and it's going to keep your mind. In other words, you will be protected from the stresses in this life if you will pray appropriately without worry instead of uh, carrying the care, give it to Him. Amen. Amen? Amen? So what do you say we do the word? You know, we're in, a, we're in a class right now, right? If you've got cares in your life, say it with me. I cast all my cares, all my concerns. I cast them on you. And I refuse to worry anymore. Instead, I will worship. And I will give thanks to God. Now, here's another thing that's really important for me to minister to you today. And that is this. We don't have to wait... Until things really get bad before we pray. (laughs) Now, if things are bad and you haven't prayed, by all means pray. But you don't have to wait. And here is a statement that is worth your drive today. Prayer ought to be our first response, not our last resort. Let me just say it one more time. Prayer ought to be our first response and not our last resort. Well, brother, sister, please pray. 
I guess all we can do now is pray. No, that's the best we could do. Now, George Muller, I mean, a mighty man of God. I mean, he fed, I mean, thousands of orphans throughout his ministry and throughout his years. He had an orphanage. And a lot of times, they would be at the breakfast table praying over their food with nothing in sight. They'd be at the dinner table praying over their food with nothing in sight. But many times before that prayer would be over, there'd be a knock at the back door. Someone would come in with groceries. You see, they weren't afraid because they had a consciousness of a covenant with God. Now here's what Muller said. Listen to this. George Muller said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I live in the, in the spirit of prayer. You know, I think sometimes we get it wrong when we see that verse, pray without ceasing. I think we get it wrong and think that, you know, we got to just be this robot of prayer all day long. Shandai, Shandai, Shandai. You go to In-N-Out Burger, hallelujah, glory to God. Give me a double-double french fries, hallelujah, glory to God, amen. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And a malt, glory to God, amen. Don't do that. That's flaky. But to live in the spirit of prayer is just to have a lifestyle of prayer. You don't worry about anything, but you pray about everything. You see something that ain't right, instead of talking about it and, and criticizing everybody, instead of talking about your nation and belittling your nation, why, why not pray about your nation? Come on, somebody. Right? Just a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of prayer. Praise is a part of prayer. Did you know that? Somebody says, well, I'm going to get my praise on. What you're really doing is you're getting your prayer on too. It's a good thing. Just live in that spirit of prayer, that flow of prayer. And listen, guys, if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, that's not a condemnation. That, 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 that's all good. But you could be filled with the Spirit. You can communicate with God supernaturally out of your spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. Pray without ceasing. Amen? Amen. So Muller said this, I live in the spirit of prayer. And as I walk about, and when I lie down, and when I rise up, that's where I live, in the spirit of prayer. And he says, and the answers are always coming. Ooh, the answers are always coming. Listen, folks, did you know that you can not only pray about your past. Amen? You can ask God to move into your past and heal you of anything and everything from the past that has ever hurt you. That's right. And did you know that part of praying in your past is also praying the prayer of forgiveness over people that have hurt you? Over people that have wronged you? And if you've been one of those people that have been victimized by some things in the past, when you pray, you can go from a victor, victim mentality to that of a victor mentality. Amen. But not only that, if you've hurt somebody yourself in the past, you can pray about that. Ask God to forgive you. 
Amen. Sometimes God will have you go to people from the past, you know, as you're led by the Spirit, and ask them to forgive you. Listen very carefully. You can pray about your past. You can certainly pray about your present, right? You know, if you have a need in your life, let it be made known unto God, right? Jesus said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what will happen? And you shall have them. So you can pray about your present circumstances. There is a promise for every present circumstance that you're facing. Amen. 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 Not only is there a promise, but there's a promise keeper. Who does what, Pastor Mark? Who watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. So what do I what I do is is I encourage people that are praying in their present to find a scripture that speaks to their present. Dad Hagen said it like this find a scripture that covers your case. Peter says it like this that there is an exceeding great and precious promise for you. And that by these great and exceeding precious promises, you will escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. There is an exceeding great and precious promise for every difficulty that we face. But here's what we need to do, is we need to start stop talking the problem and start finding the Word and then saying and speaking the Word. Listen, folks, live in Him. In John 15, 7, look over there. We're talking about praying in our past. We're talking about praying in our present. And in a moment, we'll talk about praying about our future. In John 15, 7, it says this. Read it with me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. One way we could say it is this. If you live in me, if you live for me and my words live or take residence in you. What's the rest of the verse says? You shall ask what you what? You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I know that if what I'm asking is right and it's okay? When you pray according to the will, you're on safe ground. Now, anytime we step outside of the will, which is God's word, and pray things not in line with the word, it is very, very, very shaky ground. Amen? Amen. For example, you cannot pray to get someone else's wife. (laughs) Well, the Bible says, ask what you will, it shall be done unto you, brother. Come on, man. That's stupid. In Espanol, es muy estupido. Grande estupido. Somebody says, have things like that happened? Yeah, they have. I remember years ago, Brother Hagen had a Ford Bronco. He could have had something other than a Ford Bronco, but he did have a Ford Bronco, and he had other cars, too. But he just loved that Ford Bronco. I mean, you know, if you like a Ford Bronco, bless God, drive a Ford Bronco, right? And he just really liked his Ford Bronco. And one of the Raymond students came up to him. Can you imagine this? Brother Hagen, enjoy that car. Because I believe I receive it. I'm claiming your Ford Bronco. <laughs> Imagine going up to a prophet of God and saying, I'm claiming your Ford Bronco. 
Brother Hagin said, I don't mind telling you, you'll never get that Ford Bronco because I like it and I'm not going to give it to you. Amen. See, that's just foolish praying. Foolish praying. This reminds me of something else about him. He's, he's our spiritual dad. You know, he's been in heaven since 2003. Amen. But, you know, my earthly father's been in heaven since the 80s. He's still my earthly father. Amen. Well, my spiritual father, even though he's in heaven, doesn't stop being my spiritual dad. I listen to him all the time. Talk to him, you know, not talk to him, but I listen to him all the time. He said, and, and this is about tithing. This is a very interesting thing. Uh, a guy, uh, you know, you know, it's easy to tithe if you make $10 a week, right? <laughs> you start making, you know, $5 million a month, becomes another story with some people. You see, God will never, ever, ever give you more unless you bless Him with a little. And he went to Brother Hagin. He said, "He said, Brother Hagin, man, I, man, I, whew, I, I got so much money now." He says it was easy to tithe before. He says, "He says I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what." Brother Hagin took his hand and said, "Let me pray." He said, "Okay." He said, "Lord," he says, "Stop giving him so much." He said, "No, no, 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 no." I think you got the point, right? Did you get the point? Amen. So you can pray about your presence. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will or to His word, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions of Him that we desired of Him. Amen? Pray in line with the word, pray the promises, speak the promises, and the promises will come to pass in your life and it will change your present condition. But now notice, you can also pray out your future. You know, God knows the future much better than we know the past. And I want to say this to you, the future is bright. Because when you serve God and you love God who is light... He will always cause your future to be bright because He knows nothing else but light and brightness for His kids. Now, don't stray from Him. From him. Don't go out there and try to do your own thing and expect God to bless it. See, many people ask for God's blessing after they've also already made up their mind. That's why when people come to me and say, Well, you know, uh, Pastor Mark, I'm leaving the church. And I, I said, well, they didn't ask for my advice. I'm going to another church. Okay, well, God bless you. Shandalababasa. Amen. This isn't a cult. We're not going to hold you. But don't ever come to me and tell me you're going to do something and then want my advice. Because I'm not going to give you my advice. Because you've already told me what you're going to do. Amen. And that won't cost you anything extra. Just $3.50. Yeah. You need to be open to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, we can pray out our future. And that's why praying in the Spirit is so vital. And praying in the Spirit is so important. Because when we're praying in the Spirit, what we are literally doing is we are praying divine secrets. When we are praying in the Spirit or from a place in the Spirit, whether it be English or in other tongues, you are playing, praying from a place that is very, very powerful. And as you pray 
things go forth in the realm of the Spirit and cause the future to be set up in such a way that you connect with it down the road. Now listen to this, for example, and I'm not going to preach much longer. Are you getting anything today? Now listen, one thing I know for sure, this church over the last 36 years has had a strong spirit of prayer on it. Anything that has happened in this church and through this church is not a result of a good-looking pastor. It's a result of a good, good father. It's not entertainment. It's not as good as our music is. It's not music. As pretty as my wife is, it's not because of her. But I tell you, anything and everything that has ever happened to this church that has brought glory to God is because He has been lifted up. But not only that, because prayer has been sown as a seed for decades and decades and decades in this ministry and through this ministry. I say to you this morning that prayer is the backbone for any successful ministry. And to go to a dance and to change partners is an insult to the one who brung you. Having begun in the Spirit and not finishing the Spirit and changing partners and compromising and backing down is an insult to our Father. I just say to you by the word of the Lord, we are going to continue to dance with the one who brung us. And you know what? He'll take us home. Glory to God. He'll take us all the way to the finish line. But did you know that how God looks at a congregation's prayers? Do you know how God views that of previous generations in Oakland and in San Francisco and in San Jose that have prayed the price? Somebody said, well, I know, I know the price has been paid. Yes, the price has been paid, but we need to connect with the price that, that has been paid and we need to pray out what's been paid for. Oh, I didn't, I don't know, oh, hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 8 and verse 4, it says this, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp. Now notice this. And golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. What are you saying? I believe what the word is saying is this. Our past prayers, our present prayers, and our future prayers, they go up and they fill up Bowls of incense. Come on, somebody. And God takes those and He goes into our future and He starts setting some things in motion. He set this building in motion for us before there ever, we ever knew there was such a building. 
He set glorious relationships in motion for you before you ever met that person. He set business deals up for you. Come on. Before you ever knew there was such a deal. He set forth in motion the greatest move of God and the greatest revival that this San Francisco Bay Area has ever seen. He set it in motion by the prayers of the saints from yesteryear and yesterdecade. You know what we're going to do? We're going to walk right into it. We're going to connect with it. And we are going to see and we are going to reap a harvest that if the Lord were to show us right now, we could scarcely believe it. And I close with this. Recently I was praying and the Lord just impressed me in my spirit. Many of you got this email already, so I will not belabor the point. But we are now moving in to a stronger season of prayer and a stronger season of the spirit of prayer. Amen. And here's what the Lord stirred me. In the last few months, the Lord has stirred my heart regarding prayer and has led me to designate prayer assignments for our church family to pray over each month. The phrase arrows of prayer dropped in my spirit. With these prayer assignments, we will aim our arrows of prayer at specific targets every month. Our first monthly Arrows of Prayer assignment will begin in September with the following two areas. Now understand this is not the sum total of all that you're going to be praying about in your individual life. But as pastor, I'm asking you to join me this month to pray, spend some time praying about these two areas. We'll pray them about it corporately. We'll pray them about it individually. But number one, safety over all students in schools. I said safety. Bullying must stop on our playgrounds. We declare that no crazy terrorist with a machine gun, no plot, no plan of the enemy shall prevail over any of our schools in this area in the name of Jesus. Now attached is a simple prayer that Brenda put together that you can pray daily. But then we need to step it up and believe God for greater church growth. Amen. And we need to step it up and believe God together for greater finances Amen. and greater resources so that we can fulfill everything that God has put in our heart to do. Amen. Amen. I believe that there's nothing going to be unleft before Jesus returns. Say it with me. The vision, the vision shall, be fulfilled. shall be fulfilled. Now, for those of you who did not get this, there are several of them at the back table there that you can get. You can pick one up. And you'll notice that praying and saying the same thing is quite a list. So as you go through that, you may just be arrested in your heart to pray strong over one specific area. For example, we call people into HBCC from the north, south, east, and west. And we believe God's adding to this church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Here's one about finances. We serve a God who's more than enough. And I proclaim there's no lack in any area. 
We have more than enough resources to do the will of our good, good Father. And all He leads us to do by His Spirit. We have favor with God and man. The mercy and goodness of God follow us all the days of our life. So this is vision praying. This is praying over your church. How many of you will join me this month and pray over these two prayer assignments? I know you will. Remember this. God is for you. He's on your side. And we can pray out our future. And God will move on our behalf. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let's stand up.